Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian. I'm Joelle, and of course, that's me, and we are here for another week of conversation. I'm here every Thursday evening on the Vibrary Collective Network, which currently streams from the Blog Talk Radio platform. We're here to talk about things that I think are elevating, enlightening, and empowering. In fact, that's pretty much everything that I'm involved in, I hope, hits one two or three, all three of those points. And I enjoy the fact that you are here with me each week and in the various activities that I have that are all about that vibration. So you can call the show at 646-787-8436. If you have something that you would like to contribute to the energy, just press the pound or hashtag one, and that lets me know that you have something to say, and I'll bring you on as soon as possible. I also invite you to check me out and join with the community of people I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and in those spaces, I am all about passing along the positivity. So if you see something that is uplifting, or if there's an event, or a person who is on that high vibe tip, please do send it to me and I will do my best to pass on that energy to others, amplify that spectrum of positive frequencies. I think all too often we do too much passing along of negative energy and I want to always contribute my efforts to the higher vibe side of the scale, if you will. Now, Tonight, we are going to talk about evidence of a reactionary reality, and this has been something that has been kind of like percolating and circulating within my space of of thought for quite a long time, and so I'm very excited to see how this kind of comes forward as a topic of discussion during tonight's conversation. Now, um, this show will be available through iTunes and through other podcast-hosted sites. You can always just look for The Vibrary Collective and put it in your feed so that you don't miss any episodes. I also upload the replays to The Vibrary YouTube channel. Now, when you look at The Vibrary and Vibrarian, it is always going to have an E in there a little bit unexpectedly, and that is for energy. And so it is V-I-B-E, R-A-R-Y, or V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And these are the ways that I communicate through the frequency of passing along information. And I am just, I, I love what I get to do. And so it is a beautiful experience for me to just turn on the microphone or turn on the phone or turn on the web and to begin engaging in this kind of dialogue. So um, as we look this evening about reactionary realities, now, when we look at the word reaction, um, you know, there is the breakdown of the word in terms of re and action. So it's like a response to an action. I remember in high school chemistry class, I, I really enjoyed my high school chemistry teacher uh, in the small town that I grew up in Ohio. He was like science cool before there was ever a Bill Nye the Science Guy or a Neil deGrasse Tyson. So I'm very grateful because he made science and learning fun. And I remember our experiments that we would look to see what were reagents, right? What were the things that we would add to other substances that would then cause a chemical reaction to occur? And I think we've all seen that tried and true elementary school uh, science project where you make a volcano when you add, I think, what, vinegar to baking soda. I mean, don't get me to tested on what the actual substances are. I know enough not to blow up my house, but other than that, I can't really say that I know what to put things together to make things happen in terms of chemistry. 
But it was always fun because you had this substance that looked seemingly one way, and then when you added something else to it, then either the color changed, there was a reaction, or it fizzled and bubbled, or it made an odor. In some kind of way, there was a cellular and molecular level change. It was almost like a mathematic equation, right? So when you add one thing to another thing, then you get a third and completely different substance out of that transaction. Last week, we talked about the whole concept of is, if this, then that, and what that kind of framework sets up for you in terms of your understanding of the law of cause and effect. And in scientific terms, then there are very hard, fast rules that if you mix substance A with substance B and it is known to be toxic, then you will have fumes, you will experience the burns. I mean, it's, it's very, very specific. But if we look to then ourselves, as the scientific matter or the material that is used in chemistry, then we can begin to see ourselves as either substance A or substance B. And when you add something to us, then a shift in our molecular being happens and we catalyze into a different form. When we look at the word reactionary, um, as I was doing kind of like a research to see what does it mean for, well, first of all, I wanted to make sure the word reactionary was a term. I thought it was, but sometimes things sound right, but aren't. And so when I looked at it, there was a lot of discussion about politics. And how in the realm of policies that were developed and platforms that are developed by political parties, a lot of times a second and opposite party, <clears throat> excuse me, party arises out of a reaction to the position of the initial party. So here in the United States, we have this two-party system, and they've kind of gone back and forth over the years with whether they're actually considered conservative or progressive over the last century or so. But a lot of the things that rose up were people who were unhappy with things and decided to react by creating a political platform for themselves where their goals and objectives could also then have a greater chance of being heard. We know that in response or reaction to the liberation of slaves after the Civil War, there were many policies of uh, extreme harm that were the reaction to the freedom that was granted. And then we had many decades then of things such as Jim Crow, where um, there were specific laws meant to suppress the vote of people who uh, previously had not been part of the political system. And so the reaction was that we cannot have all of these newly voting people come into some form of power through exercising their right to vote. So the reactionary reality of that then was to suppress the vote. And that thing really does continue in many ways um, to this day. I'm not trying to get into a too deep political discussion, but we can certainly see outside of the United States, even places where you see reactions to things where um, in reaction to, say, a suppressive government, then the people begin to take to the streets and begin to protest and um, demand for there to be a change. We have things like the Arab Spring or the Tiananmen Square in China, where, you know, people were trying to exercise a reaction to a situation that they were unhappy with. And then the response from those in power was to try to snuff out even to a higher degree those voices. 
we see now there's this whole topic of cancel culture and whether something should be removed or if a person should be uh, squashed or muted or deplatformed, if you will, as a reaction to something that they might have expressed that people find troubling. When we see a post on social media or we hear a bit of news, we react to it by either liking it or thumbs downing it or sharing it with a friend or talking about it. And one of the things that I think that the social kind of conversation learned early on in the whole evolution of the new socially connected reality was that you needed to prompt a reaction or response from people. And there needed to be a way to quantify that in a meaningful way. And so that's where we got the whole likes and uh, thumbs up and thumbs downs and hearts and things like that were actually behaviorally designed for us to put a, a physical action behind our emotional and mental reaction that we had to that particular object. Now, we can see how that has grown to be um, almost like what I would call a Franken baby, like a big old Frankenstein of a thing that we have created that winds up having a uh, detrimental effect to us. We can see where reactionary politics have sometimes been uh, detrimental as much as they have been positive for people. Um, you know, you can find good and bad examples of all of this kinds of basic chemical equation, if you will, across many, many spectrums as a concept. But what happens when you come to rely on reactions? You come to rely on uh, these behaviors and responses to yourself, and then you don't get that desired feedback. What happens if you're a person who likes to get a reaction out of somebody when you are arguing with them, and then you don't get the satisfaction of that reaction? What happens to your energy of argumentativeness? Does it get even stronger? Do you begin yelling and screaming because you're not getting a reaction from the person? Or did you start something with someone and then all of a sudden it blew up because you had an unexpected reaction to something that you said? We hear an awful lot about the word triggers. <laughs> it kind of arose as a positive thing when people would say, you know what, You're, I'm getting ready to talk about a subject like um, of, about violence or assault or abuse. Let me warn people who have experienced this that it might be a trigger for you to read any further from this point. We want to try to protect you from stumbling into something that might ultimately be a harm that you were not. So that can be very positive to be considerate of how people might react to what it is that you were about to say. But just as quickly as that reacting kind of idea and trigger came out, we started having people saying, oh, I'm sorry, I triggered you. Oh, you were triggered by that, <laughs> right? And I don't know if my tone is, is eliciting enough of that kind of uh, 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 situation, but it becomes this kind of uh, way of poo-pooing somebody's response to say, oh, I'm sorry if you were triggered by my rude manners <laughs> or something like that, you know. Um, so we begin to try to control people's reactions to be within a degree or scale of comfort for ourselves. We know that in times of stress, in science, they add heat or temperature changes to things. That in and of itself can cause a reaction. If you take uh, 
water and add heat to it, the reaction is, is that it begins boiling and eventually will evaporate. Therefore, it has changed its form, even though it is still more molecularly the same H2O, <laughs> I think. Scientists, please let me know if I'm wrong. But, you know, we're still looking at then steam, which is a form of H2O that is highly heated. What happens to us as beings of matter made of water and blood and materials and chemicals, all that are operating in a certain frequency, what happens to us when pressure is applied? What happens to us when we are under stress, when we start to heat up? Well, what happens if we go out in the sun? I mean, at a very basic level, the melanin cells in our body react and our skin pigment responds to that sun. We know we need to wear SPF protection and sunscreen and things like that if we're going to try to mitigate the response from our cells about the external stimuli that we are operating in. When we begin to look at everything that is outside of us as part of the scientific experiment of us being in incarnated form, you can begin to see where there are external things applied towards us some just by the very nature of existing, rain, weather, storms, cold, heat, all those things are part of our natural environment. But we also have these realities or ways of being where a society has evolved and we are participating in this reality that is oftentimes bombarding us with signals with substances, with situations, with the goal of creating a reaction in us that we may not actually even be aware of. It is very important to begin to look with your your higher eyes, if you will, like looking without, of course, we have our five senses, right? Our sense of taste, sight, touch, smell, sound. Those are the ways that we are looking to see what is happening around us and evaluating it for our human being to operate. But we also have this ability to see and sense and know things beyond what we have previously just thought was our regular 3D way of experiencing things. When you begin to feel the energy of things and become aware of it, then you look at that reality that is happening around you somewhat differently. And by having almost kind of like that SPF, that sunscreen, if you will, between your energy body and the world that you are experiencing, you can still be out in that world enjoying the sun and fun as you would at the beach. However, your layer of protection from damage from elements that may not be what are visible to the eye like sun rays and, and uh, UV rays, when we can step into that uh, protective mode and begin to operate with our discernment, then we are able to see the places where things are happening very specifically to prompt us into reactions. And then we can move out of that dance, out of that equation of responding knee-jerk response, as they say, where you just respond without thinking. We can begin to do that differently. If you are having that argumentative pattern with a person and you know that they're going to hit your little special button and you know that it's coming, well, you already know that it's 
intended to elicit a reaction or a response in you. But when you can begin to then put your SPF on to say, I'm not going to respond the same way, even though I might uh, have the same composition inside, the same hurt part of me inside, the same insecure part of me inside, or the same uh, actual respectful part of me inside that says this should not be something that I am being presented with by someone else. If we have that intermittent barrier, if you will, then we can not engage in the negative reaction, the combustion, the boiling over, or we can also then not change who we are at a fundamental level in response to the reality that is projecting toward us. So we're living in a time when things such as simple food like a potato chip it's very hard for a person to eat just one potato chip. Now, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, when people were frying a potato and making it crispy and then eating it, the cellular transaction that was happening when you ate your home fried potato chip is no longer the same transaction that happens now because your potato chip purchased at the store has been engineered in order to elicit a reaction from you at a cellular level. Even a happy meal or a combo meal was designed to elicit a cellular response for you. That's why you have your burger, fries, and a Coke because the sugary, syrupy drink is priming the cells and opening it so that when you then eat starch and carbohydrates and the other food and blah, you know, and on and on and so forth, it creates a cellular response in yourself. An addictive pattern is triggered if it exists within you cellularly, and it is primed in order to get you to react by wanting more or by feeling hungry again later or craving that same combination of flavors on a repeat instance or digging in that bag to get just one more Pringle. I mean, is there anything more addictive than a Pringle? (laughs) Yes, of course there is. But, you know, the whole principle of causing you to have a reaction against your wishes or intent There is a lot of that that is happening. When you look at the news or the media and things that are happening, I hear people all the time, and I also experience it myself, who say, you know what, I just had to turn the news off for a while. I just, you know, I couldn't take it. It was getting, um, you know, I found myself getting stressed and anxious, and it just started to hear like noise, and I got overloaded and, right, too much, too much, too much. You know, the news ticker going across the bottom of the screen and the talking heads screaming at each other and then this alert breaking in. And, you know, it just people say, wait a second. My system at a fundamental level is being stressed. It's your mind becomes aware that there's something happening to you inside where you're feeling anxious and concerned and uh at not at peace inside and you're worried about what's going to happen next because they told you that something was going to be happening next, right? You're reacting to all of this stuff that is being bombarded at you. When you see shows and movies and things that put forth ideas and premises, we react to those. We laugh at jokes and comedies. We get scared at the images in horror scenes. I mean, there's so many things that we, uh, you know, the whole thing of a good movie is that it, it pulls you in to where you become part of the story and then you react with whatever emotion the director intended you to. And we laud and we applaud actors who convincingly, who do the most best performance at convincing us that they are who they said they were in that particular character. And we, that is our entertainment, is make me react to you and what you are showing me as a person. 
as a character, as a situation. Let me go eat my bucket of popcorn and drink my soda while I am experiencing a two-hour-plus reactionary event. I'm sure you can see where I'm going with all this. When you look for the evidence of if you are living and operating purely in a reactionary state, well, we know that sunburn makes your skin sore. It makes it tender to the touch. Depending on the degree of melanin in your skin, you might turn pink or bright red like a lobster, like myself if I get sunburned. <laughs> I have a evidence, very clear evidence of something that I cannot see, which is a UV ray that has interacted with me to such a degree that my little skin got bright red like a lobster and hurt. And then after that, it decided to peel off after the skin had been basically burnt off of my body. <laughs> I mean, it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but that is how we look for evidence whether we are in a reactive state. Do you feel pain in your physical body? Do you feel an anxiety or something in yourself in response to things that you watch? Do you feel uh, indigestion after you eat those pork chops? Like, you know, these are things we're constantly getting feedback about the reactions that we are having to the external world that we are experiencing. But when you shift into that space, I, uh, I saw actually a, a meme today um, by a sister who, the suburban hippie, she puts a lot of good information out. And she said, uh, it's like, inform, do not, like, don't absorb, inform. And the basic premise is that, you know, this energy is about information. It's not necessarily for you to absorb all of it. So, you know, the sun is there for me to go out and enjoy, but it's not necessarily about me being naked out there in it at the peak time, absorbing all of its good and its bad without consequence. So just like a person who puts on their sunscreen, you can change your frequency so that you are not going to be as absorptive of those external factors. And to my way of thinking, it's really awareness is the key thing in order to, uh, you know, in order to know what is about to happen. Like our science teacher, he would, you know, give us the chemical properties we would have to study in the book. And then he oversaw our activities so that we weren't a bunch of teenagers blowing up the lab in the school, right? So we had information as to what was going to happen, and that was our safety net, if you will, to where it was safe for us to begin engaging in putting these materials together, we have that same ability of crafting our own instruction sheet, or in the scientific realm, they call it material safety data sheet, an MSDS. I do know about that because as a librarian in a technical and environmental firm, I had to retrieve MSDS, you know, information for various things that the engineers were going to be using or that the lawyers were going to be litigating against the, you know, the consequences of somebody misusing a particular substance. So no, I didn't uh, come up with the standards for what was safe in those contexts, but I did receive the information. We each have the ability to come up with our own material safety data sheet. Meaning, you know, I am not one who reacts to, uh, you know, I'm not going to be one who reacts to goading or by people who are trying to push my button. I am not going to be one who uh, 
reacts to or does things that will cause me stress when I discover that those things are stressful to me. So my, you know, Joelle's safety data sheet is a basically a living document that is revised every time that I have an experience that I can then take the evidence of that and add it to my awareness. I learned at a very early age that liver is not part of Joelle's reality. And my reaction to it is not going to be pleasant. So it's best for all involved not to feed me liver. It's best for me to not feed myself liver. I have an entry then in my material safety data sheet (laughs) on liver, right? And I'm being somewhat facetious, but it's very much the same principle that if I know that, you know, uh, constant gossip and drama that's shown on reality TV shows and things like that makes me, uh, you know, a more prone to gossip myself, I began to take on the attributes of those things that I am ingesting, then I know that that kind of interaction hasn't been done, done well for me. So I put an entry in my kind of life sheet that says, you know what, I'm just not going to do that. And if I do, then I know when I'm done with that hour, I already know how I'm going to feel. I already kind of know what to expect from that because we've done this experiment before. Now, when I do go into it, I am also now insulated from having that really deep reaction of just about it, you know, but that's only because I'm aware that, you know what, I'm going to be watching this for the next hour. So let me inoculate myself a little bit. Let me put my little sunscreen on because I'm about to go and have this experience of watching this show or, you know, encountering this person or in this situation. You know, when I go to this particular building or to this job, if my reaction to that stimulus is one that is I'm deeply depressed or I'm unhappy, then if I cannot develop a safety protocol in order to go into that environment, then at some point, then I am going to have to remove myself from the environment for my own safety, health, and well-being. So your evidence of things is when you find yourself feeling a certain way, if you find that your body feels a certain frequency um, after you do something or participate or around a different person, if when you watch a particular show, sit with yourself and see what is it that I am experiencing or just experienced as a result of this time. If you begin to really look at it instead of just having it happen to you and you existing in it, then you begin to step into a more masterful place of creating your circumstance rather than just reacting to the world that is around you. There is so much projection happening. Everyone is out there speaking their truth, saying their truth, sharing their opinions. We receive messages from all forms of media. What happens when you turn off the media and you step away from your phone and you begin to just spend time with yourself? A lot of things that people are discovering is when they go out now after this year of being uh, at home with the pandemic restrictions, they're saying, wow, it's really peopley out here. I didn't realize that there was so much energy involved with being around people. I've heard friends talk about the first time they went to the grocery store in person after being at home for three or four months due to the pandemic. And they were just, I didn't realize how noisy and how I was so tired after I got home from the grocery store because I just was overstimulated. So a break in your routine and your pattern uh, gives you an opportunity to begin to see how I react when I introduce things back into my reality. 
when I introduce things back into my reality. There's a choice point in that. I did a detox last year with uh, um, my beautiful friend Tiffany of I Love My Temple Yoga. And when we do the detox, it removes a lot of things from your diet in terms of what you ingest. And so I had a very good opportunity to see some of the things that I suspected in terms of my food sensitivities that I had been kind of just blowing through and just taking the hit when I would eat those things. Well, once I removed them from my uh, chemistry, when I brought them back in one by one as we moved into more of a maintenance kind of eating plan, I very quickly got to see, oh my gosh, when I eat XYZ, I'm my nose is congested and I'm phlegmy in, the, in my throat. And it's like, oh, here is evidence that I am reacting to something that I have brought into my reality. Do I want to go back into the dynamic that I had before? Or do I want to maybe take some caution and change my pattern now that I can see that I was reacting in a negative state to something. By the same token, I know that I've spent a lot of time talking about like the negative reactions of stuff, but there are many, many positive reactions as well. So do you notice how when it is sunny outside, you feel better and more vibrant, even just if you're not outside in it, that you notice that you feel more uplifted when there's sun peeking through the blinds of your house. That's an evidence of a reaction. When you know that after you have laughed about something, that your overall mood increases And, you know, then you would definitely want to stimulate that reaction when you need to. If you know that looking at puppies and babies takes you to your happy place and you're going to giggle and you're going to be like, oh, look at the cute little baby, you know, that kind of thing, then you put an entry in your life sheet that says responds well to babies and puppies. (laughs) I know that one of the things that I do is to listen to music. And I know that it is going to elicit a response in me. So I can begin to look at times when I might not be in a state, in a state of being that is one that I want to be in. And find the thing that I know makes me feel better, and then I can go do that. Being in control of my experience, crafting my own reality instead of being jerked along as a responder to everything else that is just sent my way. We have this ability to navigate at a deeper level. Reactions are not always bad, but if you are walking around unprotected or unaware about certain things that can actually be damaging, then you are doing some, and I can't say you're doing yourself a disservice because many times we just don't know. But when you do find out that something causes you, when you begin to examine yourself and you look at, why am I responding like this? Whenever I see images of X, Y, Z, why am I, you know, upset when I leave so-and-so's house or after talking to them? Why do I feel this way when I'm in my car on my way home from work? What was that that made me think that this was so great, right? Like we can begin to go deep with ourselves internally first and then experience the world. And many times they'll say, well, you should not have reacted when they so-and-so. You know, people will project to you what you should have, could have, would have done. If it were me, I wouldn't be offended. 
I don't know why you're tired. You only work eight hours. I mean, these are things that many of us have heard, right? But we all have our own sheet, our safety data sheet. There are no two chemicals alike. There are no two people who are exactly alike. We have, what, seven, I don't know how many billion people are on this planet right now. We have that many entries in the reference manual for people's safety data sheets. <laughs> I mean, the cosmic librarian has their hands full in terms of cataloging and keeping straight with how each of us need to be treated and handled. But when we start defining our own boundaries and our own parameters and procedures, then we become the authors of that rather than some big mysterious hand out there writing our story for us, pushing us into the place that they would have us be, which, you know, for some of us might be at the grocery store in the chip aisle buying another tube of Pringles because we couldn't stop eating that one tube of Pringles that we had. I, you know, am just always thinking about how can I experience life to the highest degree and the highest quality of what happiness and joy and ease and peace feel like for me. I will go into nearly, you know, any unknown situation as long as it seems safe with the goal of figuring out, do I like this? Is this going to be an interesting experience for me? Will I learn from it? Will I grow from it? I will choose, if I have the opportunity, I will always then choose to be the director of that movement. I will put my own chemicals into the little vial <laughs> rather than having me just scooped up and shaken up willy-nilly and added to some mix that has been calculated that I will be contributing to some intended outcome or consequence by some grand wizard scientist somewhere. I don't worry about like my overall safety because I trust myself and my connection to the divine and the creator, the higher source, my higher self, God, whatever your, you know, word for that uh, higher consciousness that is beyond my human thinking mind self. Because of that, I know that, you know, I am here to learn and to grow and to figure out what do I respond with? How do I react to these things? And I have the beautiful and blessed ability to then choose all of those things to a very high degree, certainly a lot more now than I did 10 or 15 years ago when I was kind of thinking that I needed to do this and that I was supposed to do that and that I needed to fit into this mold and that if I did something else that people would react to me differently. I've been able to move into a different space of being in that co-driver's seat with the divine, and we can do all kinds of experiments because I trust that I am adequately equipped, equipped and safe as I do these experiments because I am doing that with divine as my lab partner. <laughs> I saw a meme earlier today that was by Mental Health Freaking Matters on Instagram, and it's uh, actually shared from uh, Eckhart Tolle, and it says, imagine you are a lake. The surface of the lake changes according to weather, wind, rain, etc. But the depth of the lake remains always undisturbed. The depth of the lake is your inner state not dependent on external things. Again, that's Eckhart Tolle. I love him. 
beautiful thought leader. The reactionary reality is that they will throw stones and things across the stillness of your water. There will always be wind and weather and rain and external things that are going to impact from the surface of yourself. But when you come from that inner, deep, peaceful place that remains unaffected, that remains in its original form, Joelle is still Joelle. Joelle has not changed uh, chemically into someone else because of these external forces. I might be steamed up and I might be chilly and frosty and icy in terms of my external presentation of Joelle, but on the inside, I am still my substance, myself, who I am at a fundamental level. And the goal of like beginning to become aware of being too reactionary is to be able to reach back into that stillness of self and realize that you are you, even if you might have been chemically altered a little bit from the joy that just coursed through your system. Even if you were experiencing anger that just coursed through your system, it may have made a wave or a ripple or an impact on you, certainly. We are not stoic things that are not un impacted by the material reality that we live in. That's just not the way that our biology is. However, when we feel that peace, then that in and of itself is the evidence that we are managing our reactions better, more evenly, more healthily, so that we can find that inner state that is not dependent on anything other than who we have said we will be and how we want to be ourselves out in the world. So I thank you this evening. I thank the callers who've been listening, excuse me, on the line. And of course, for the support of the Good Vibe Tribe and for my home team crew who are always here uh, supporting me, uh, Tanya and Jackie and Kim Stacy and many other of my uh, connections down in Australia. Let me say hello to Helen. I know that she will be listening. And down in Ecuador, Soul Whisperer, Althea, I'm just so glad to be in this network of people who are having conversations like this where we're going in on our lives in a way with examination and with um, supporting each other in this endeavor of figuring out who we are and who we were and who we're transforming into. So all of you, I just want you to know that I am very grateful for your energy because it has created a changed Joelle because of our interaction as substances, as being. So for all of you that might catch this, please do join me next week for another episode of Conversational Elevation. Also, I'm having a uh, virtual psychic fair, the Vibrary Elevation Station, on March 20th and 21st. This is the Equinox weekend. You can visit the Vibrary on Facebook or the Vibrarian on Facebook or Instagram, either place, in order to find out more information about the event. And you also will be able to view a link to uh, find out more information in the description box for this show uh, on the various pages where it will be uploaded. 
I've got some beautiful people who offer services that are intended to help uplift you and connect you with yourself and the, all the resources that are available to you from the higher realms so that you can elevate, enlighten, and empower your own journey to live at the best level that you can. So, you know, that's uh, appointments are booked online. It's virtual. It's all Zoom. Uh, we've got a few readers signed up for this a big weekend because the equinox is when we're looking at the equality of energy as we transition from the length of day to length of night and begin to welcome the transition from the winter period into the blossoming of spring. So there's a lot of things that happen once sunlight and warm air start to hit you. Talk about a reactionary reality. If you live in Atlanta, pollen season is already underway and your allergies have probably been showing you that that is happening. But I invite you to connect with me in all of these ways. And also I did want to mention I have a little reading group called Reads and Seeds. It's a Zoom forum where we get together on Sundays and I read from various books. It's not a book club because we're not reading whole books at a time, but we're reading key passages and having conversational thought about like what has been written by some really awesome authors. I think last week we were looking at uh, the Unified Creator Spirituality by uh, Rana Vazane, and uh, we had some affirmations and invitations from the I Am Co-Creating the New Earth by Patricia Cote Robles, and I mean, I've got several books lined up from the Vibrary print collection to share with you and other people in the group have books that they are going to be reading from as well as we have our just about an hour discussion on Sundays. So you can find out all this information on my platforms, and I do look forward to connecting with you in the future. Now, this week, I hope for you that all of the blessings and abundance that are there for you come down into your awareness and into your reality and that your reaction is that you let those blessings flow out from you into the world around you so that others' realities can also experience the joy and happiness that you are experiencing. Talk about a chain reaction, right? <laughs> so just know that the light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.